0: Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're here today, especially on this special Sunday where we celebrate baptisms. Um, And I just want to point out one quick thing on the Fall Fest, um, the the flyers that they mentioned. Please grab as many of those as you can and share those, pass those out. We want to make sure that anybody who might want to come gets an invite. And uh, we want to be a a hospitable kind of uh, people where we're inviting people here to have some fun and to get a glimpse of who Jesus is, who we are. Um, So yeah, we'd love to have as many people show up that day as possible. So put that on your calendars, grab some flyers, share that with those um, whom you know, friends, family, coworkers, things like that. So um, now we're gonna turn our attention to God's word and we're gonna explore baptisms just a little bit more deeply. So can you join me in a prayer together? God, we are so excited about this Sunday. Lord, we celebrate what you have been doing in the lives of the individuals who are baptized today. We pray for them. we pray, Lord, that you would continue them on this journey to a deep faith, one that is fully invested and fully devoted to you. And Lord, would you show yourself faithful and true. You are rock solid. You are consistent. You are never changing, God. You are some, We can rely on you, God. And so, God, I pray for each one of the individuals. We pray collectively for them. And, Lord, we pray for all of us that we, that would be true for each and every one of us. God, that we would be fully devoted to you, grounded and rooted in you. So, Lord, as we turn our attention to your word, Lord, would we understand just a little bit more about what baptism is all about, whether it's for the first time we're hearing it or a reminder that we've heard many times. Would we be encouraged today? Thank you, Father. You are good. You are majestic. We give you the glory. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So we did. We celebrated baptism today, and, and it is one of the best Sundays of the year to watch people come forward, express faith in Jesus, and, and embody that in this act of baptism. But baptism, like man, what what is that really all about? I mean, it's probably something that you're familiar with, whether you've grown up in church and know it thoroughly, or even maybe you've just had some touches in church along the way. This is probably something you've heard about. Maybe you didn't grow up in church, but you knew someone who did, and, and they got baptized at some point in there, or someone had their child baptized. So you probably have had some kind of touch with it at some point. Now, maybe not. Maybe that's not true for you. You're like, I have no idea what's happening today. Like, that's okay. Because the Scriptures help us understand what this thing is all about. We, we come to this water in a special way. It's, it's a symbolic act that I want to explore. And, and, and so for you, whatever your, your, your story is, whatever your history is with baptism you might be like, okay, what, what, what is this about, really? Or maybe we just need to hear that reminder. And so today, we're going to kind of hit a little bit of a pause on our flow through this letter to the Colossians that we've been studying. If you're, if you're new and you haven't been here before, we're, we're walking through this, this book called Colossians and just exploring what the author Paul has to teach us about what faith, deep faith in Christ, is all about. And he touches very briefly on baptism, And so what we're going to do is we're going to zoom in on that one little portion, this one little verse that he talks about baptism, but we're going to see it in its context, what Paul is trying to show us about baptism. And for me, like how I want to capture that is in this big idea. So here it is. In baptism, we relive the gospel story. Symbolically, when we are baptized, we relive the gospel story. And what we've been exploring in this letter, like how are we deeply rooted in Christ, we're seeing that, that it is all about Jesus, and our faith is meant to go deep with him, and, and that happens by the power of the gospel. Baptism relives it, retells it. It reminds us of what this gospel story is all about. So that's what I want to look at today how baptism relives or retells the gospel. So if you've got a Bible, grab it. I'd love for you to follow along. We're gonna look at Colossians chapter two, Colossians chapter two. And so if you're kind of getting used to your Bible, for me, it's in the back portion right here. It's one of the letters. And so you can easily flip past some of these things real quick. So find Colossians, use your table of contents. And we're gonna look at chapter two and we're gonna see what Paul has to say about baptism and about what all of this means for us retelling the gospel. So Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6, I'd encourage you to follow along with me. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self was ruled by the flesh, and that was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead." When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Here is Paul's argument at the heart of the letter. And and next week, we're going to dig into the whole of this text. We're going to reread this and dig into all the different features. But did you catch the baptism reference in there? It was just one little verse, right? Just a quick little mention about baptism. Baptism. Well, what is it that Paul is doing when he references baptism, especially as he's trying to paint this picture of what a rooted life in Jesus looks like? So let, let's go back and, and real quick look at verse 12 where this all started. So having been buried with him in baptism. He, he's saying we are buried with Jesus in baptism. So symbolically, if you think about it, what you watch today were people who were standing in this water and they go backwards, backwards into the water, under the water. It's almost as if they're dying. They're being buried, put in the ground. That's kind of the picture, right? That's what Paul's leveraging here. He's saying, like, just as, like, we go into the water, we're, we're buried with Jesus in his burial, in his death. And that's captured in baptism. And so what happens here is, is we go backwards, we're, we're picturing it with our bodies this going down, this being buried, this being put to death alongside Jesus. Well, what, what's that all about? Like, why is this kind of an idea that, that runs here? Well, look back with me at verse 11. So he says here, um, "'Your whole self was ruled by the flesh.'" Your, your whole self. And what he's talking about is, like, we, we were ruled by this old way of, of doing things. And he says, we put that off when we were circumcised by Christ. Now, I'm not even just going to go there about that whole circumcision thing. Another image Paul's using a lot here. But what he's saying is, like, we had our old way of living. We, we had our old self. What he's talking about here is that God, when he created everything, he created it Good. He, he said, like, I want this to be full of life and there to be plants and animals and things and beauty and, and, and creation. This world is good. And I want some creatures to help take care of it with me. I want somebody, some, some people to come alongside me to partner with me. So I'm going to create humanity. Human beings, we, we are created in the image of God and we're given a, a task, a job. We're to be like God. We're to take care of this creation to help it flourish and thrive, to bring life, to multiply life. And so he's like, that's what I want you to do. And and so humanity, will you do this with me? And what do we say? Nah, I don't want to do that. I want to do things my own way. I want to decide what life looks like. I want to make the call. I want to make the choice. I want to sit on the throne. And I want to call the shots. And God's like, no, that's not how this goes. Like, I designed the world to be a particular way. It's to be good. But if you don't go with that, then it's going to break. And sure enough, it breaks. The creation itself, like how this all functions and works, like way life goes best, it's broken. And we did that. By the, us choosing to go our own way to decide, like, we want to call the shots, we mess everything up, and the world itself is broken. It's not as it should be, and things are not thriving the way they are meant to be. We call this sin. This, this posture, this move away from God saying, like, I want to decide how things go, breaks stuff, and we call that Sin. And sin introduced something. And that brokenness, it opened the chasm for something to step in. And that's death. Death steps in. Decay. Things fall apart. It it falls down from where it should be. Death comes in. And that's what's happening. By our old self, the way we want to do things on our own messes everything up. And it introduces death, decay, brokenness. And the world is not as it should be. And so when Paul talks about your whole self is ruled by the flesh, he's talking about this old self, like we want to do things our own way. And it's not as it should be. And because of that, death is here, present, and in reigning. It's in charge. It has authority. We can do nothing to stop it. It has power over us. So all of this, is just messed up. And so in verse 13, Paul captures this. When you were dead in your sins. When you were dead. See, not only do we choose to go in our way, but we now become susceptible to death and we're stuck. A dead person can do nothing. We're dead. And Paul is looking at that and saying, that, <laughs> that's the problem. We're stuck in our sin, we're stuck in death, and we can do nothing about it. We are dead. We are dead. And so something needs to be done. Something has to happen to fix all this. And what is that? Jesus Christ. He comes in. He is God in the flesh. He comes down to become like us. He steps in and says, all of this, I'm going to make it right. And so in verse 14, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away and he has nailed it to a cross. All of this problem, all this stuff, the, the charge against us, this condemns us and we're subject to death. Well, now what does Jesus do? He comes in. He says, I'm gonna take all of that. I'm canceling your debt. I'm setting you free. You are no longer in debt to anyone or anything. Now you are set free. And I'm going to take all of that, I'm going to put it on my shoulders. All that condemnation, all the brokenness, all that is wrong goes on me. And he takes that and he puts it on a cross with his body. And he himself dies. He dies for us in our place, to set us free. He came to undo the problem. He came un- to undo death itself. By Jesus coming in, he sets everyone free who aligns to him. So, back to baptism. When we are going down into the water, we symbolically represent the reality that we are now aligned with Jesus' death. So in baptism, we are symbolically joined to Christ's death. That's the picture, right? We're going down. We're, we're being buried. We're, we are dying. Symbolically, that's what's happening. When we begin to follow Jesus, we are now saying, you know what, take this old self, Jesus, and put it to death. This old way of doing things, this way that's caused all the problems and all the the anger, all the brokenness, all the pain in the world, put that to death in me. By coming to the baptismal waters, we proclaim, I am dying with Jesus. Now, going into the water isn't actually like a death. It's a picture of a spiritual reality. Baptism itself doesn't save us. There's there's nothing magical about these waters. It is a picture, it is a symbol to show us what is true in our hearts, in our spirits, in our lives because of Christ. We say, I want to be put to death with you. And we embody that physically in the symbolic act of baptism. So I want to pause there for just a moment. And on this idea, we are joined with Christ's death when we come to baptism, when we profess faith in Jesus, we say, I want all of this to die. Have you let that be true? Have you said like, yep, I want to put to death all of the old ways? Will we allow him to say like, yes, I'm putting all of this to death? For those of you who haven't taken that step of faith yet, for you haven't you know, moved forward towards Jesus. You're just like, this can be true of you. He can come in and say, I'm going to get rid of all the junk, all the filth, all the things that want to go our own way. I'm, I'll put that to death. I will do that in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your body. I will put it all to death. When we invite him in, that's what he does. So will you let him? If you haven't taken that step, will you let him put to death all the things that go wrong in this world, in you? For those of us who have professed faith in Christ, we've taken that step. We say, yep, I want to ask you this question. In what ways are we still holding on to the old self? We've professed faith in Christ. We've said, I want to put to death all those things. But do we still hold on to some stuff? Are we still holding on to something of our old self? Do we still kind of let that linger? See, when we come to faith in Christ, it's like letting someone into your house to do some cleaning. You know, it's like, all right, let's, let's start with the living room. All right, we're going to clean this and tidy it up and, and get everything in order. And we'll, we'll do that to the kitchen, and then we'll come to the family room. Ah, but that back bedroom, let's just avoid that one, right? Let's just keep that door closed. Do we have a back bedroom? Do we have some place where we just want to keep the door locked? I don't, don't, don't touch that. What are we still holding on to? As I was preparing for this message and, and this question kind of emerged, I, I began to reflect myself like, what is this true for me? What am I still holding on to? And for me, the word that emerged kind of recently and it's kind of been a refrain is the word Control. I still want to control things. Like, I want to be able to produce certain outcomes or, like, work things out so that I can guarantee this kind of result, right? Control. That's kind of a a refrain for me recently. And I realized, like, man, I still want control in my life. I still want to be able to make A, B, or C happen because I decide it. I want to control it. What is it for you that you're still holding on to the old way? What is it for you that just seems to linger? You don't want Jesus to go open that back door. We're called to, in the baptismal reminder, wrestle with this, to let go of the things we might be holding on to and to release them back to Christ. So I ask you, what is that for you? What is it that you look back and say, yep, that's the old way. What is what is Jesus bringing to your mind even right now? It's like this is something we want to work on next. Can you name that? Can you identify that? And can you say like, "All right, Jesus, let's work on this together." Can you identify what it is that you might be holding onto? Baptism pushes that for us. It reminds us that we are to put to death all of the old self. But that's not all, is it? It's like we're talking about all this death stuff. It's like, okay, this is kind of morbid. Like, what? you know, is, is this all that there is? We're just going to do all the hard work of dying? Nah, no, there's good news, isn't there? Let's go back to verse 12. Not only is there the death side of things, but there's more. The second half of verse 12. In which you were raised also with him, through your faith in the working of God, who raised him, Jesus, from the dead. Christ was resurrected. So he goes to a cross. He takes all this brokenness, all this stuff that's wrong in the world that we call sin. He puts that on himself, and he dies. But it doesn't stop there. Because we could say, oh, well, death won. Sure, he kind of took care of some stuff, but, like, death still reigns, doesn't it? No. Not so. Not so, because Jesus, three days later, was raised from the dead. He didn't stay dead. He came back to life. There is the good news. In baptism, we don't just go down under the water. We come back out. We come back out to new life. So we put to death the old self, and then what happens? We are raised back to new life with Jesus. One commentator talks about the resurrection in these terms, thinking about death and what Jesus did, and, and he used this language. Jesus Christ exhausted the power of death. Not only did Jesus go down to die, like he let death have its power over him, but what he did is by let death have him, death poured out all of its power on him and had nothing left. So now death's power has been Exhausted. It's been taken away, it's been purged and, and, and used up. It's empty. And now Jesus comes back to life to show, "I reign. I am supreme. Nothing can overcome me." That is what happens. So if you look down with me at verse 15, this is what he's doing. He's, Paul is talking about these powers, these principalities. He disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made them pub- a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. This is death. This is sin. This is the the things that oppress us. He says, you know what? I will empty your power, and I will turn everything upside down, and you, you will be left empty. This is what he did in the cross and in the resurrection. These powers, they no longer have power because Jesus has emptied it. He has stepped in and said, now I reign, I have power, and I triumph over So death, death does not have the final say. Jesus does. So when you come back to us, what does that mean or what does that look like? Well, verse 13, we were dead in our sins. What did God do? He made us alive with Christ. He forgave all of our sins. Not only do we go down in death with Jesus, we are brought back to new life with him. That is what his resurrection represents we get new life in him. It does not end with death, but ends with life. Romans, Paul's talking about this. He brings up baptism in a similar kind of way. And in Romans chapter six, verse four, he's reflecting on this. And he, gets very, he just gets specific all the way. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead. He, brought back, he was brought back to life Through the glory of God the Father, we too may have a new life. There it is. We have new life with him. That's what Paul is telling us. So not only are we set free from sin, but we get new life in him. No longer death, but life. No longer debt, but credit. No longer emptiness, but fullness. This is the power of Christ's resurrection. So, in baptism, we are symbolically raised with Jesus. Each one of those people who went in the water today, they told their story. I was one way and now I'm another. I was put to death with Christ and I'm raised back to new life in him and now he is changing me. He is transforming me. This is the good news. Symbolically, we are raised with Christ. Baptism reminds us of all of this. It's a signpost. It's something we can look back to and say, yes, this is what it meant. The gospel in me. Again, coming into physical water does not save us. Those of you who haven't been baptized, but maybe you've professed faith in in Christ, this is true of you. This water does not save you. It's what Christ has done that has saved you. When we come into the water, we are remembering that. We are proclaiming that. We are retelling in a symbol, a physical symbol, this story. We were put to death with him. We are raised to new life with him. So, I want to ask you this question. How are you pursuing this new life? This is what's proclaimed over us. This is true of us. This is our status. This is our identity. We are raised to, to new life in Christ. How are we doing pursuing it? Are we letting Jesus into that back bedroom closet? Are we letting him kind of clean house all the way through? Or do we still kind of hold on to something? For, for those of you who have been baptized, you've taken that step. You, you probably have heard what I'm about to say. There's certain things that we do after we've been baptized And it's this, it's these practices. And so the first thing I just kind of want to highlight, how do we pursue? We spend time with Jesus in his word. We we pick up the Bible and and we start reading. Because here, it's not just something that we read. Oh, that's a cool story, like kind of fun. Jesus sits right next to us. And he's like, you're learning about me. You're learning who I am. You're getting a picture more complete of who I am with you. And so not only do we just read it, but we are spending time with Jesus. So one way, if you're not already doing this, commit to reading daily the Scriptures. Maybe it's just for five minutes. Maybe, maybe you got a good half hour or even more. That's awesome. But do you have a regular time with Jesus? And we do that by reading the Scriptures. But not only that, we don't just read it and say, okay, cool, we engage in the act of prayer. So that's the second thing I might suggest to you. We, we start by reading the scriptures, reading the Bible with Jesus. But when we pray, and we pray about the things that we, we have stirring in our minds, our hearts, and, and, and the things that come, come to us, but we pray specifically, and I'll suggest this, Lord, grow me. Help, help me go into that back bedroom and, and open the door. And let's start cleaning. He comes to me and says, all right, this control thing's still kind of lingering. Let's work on that. Are we praying about the ways that we can grow in Jesus to be more like him? That's what we want to go after. That's what we want to pursue. And we do that by praying, by communicating with the Lord. All right, let's work on this. And we talk about it. And we allow him to speak through the scriptures and, and allow him to lead us forward. So that's number two. We want to be praying about our growth areas. But number three, we don't want to do this in isolation. It'd be so simple, just like, okay, me and my Bible, and I'm going off into my closet, and great. But we're limited. Because we're limited only in the things that we bring to the table. But when we do it with other people, now it exponentially increases the capability that we have to share with one another, to help one another, to walk, to become more like Jesus. Because we all have blind spots. We don't see the full picture because we've got our our perspective. Others help us see more widely, to open it up and, and to offer what we have and allow them to offer what they have to help spur us on. So we gotta be doing this with other people. We gotta have a circle, a group that we can go to and we can grow with. That, that is what it looks like for us to continue to pursue Jesus, to live out our baptism. Study the scriptures. Spend time with Jesus that way. Pray with him and pray about the things that you can grow in and then do that with other people. Do that in a circle, in a small group, in a group that is intentionally pursuing Jesus together. That's how we pursue and live out our baptism. So let's tie this all back together. In baptism, we relive the gospel story. We are put to death in Christ. We are raised to new life in him. We want to let go of the old self. We want to let that be dead and gone. And we want to embrace the new life, the new self that Christ gives us. Baptism is a reminder of that. You might be hearing all of this and say, yeah, yeah, I do all that. The call of baptism is to double down on that, to keep going, to renew and refresh our commitment in that way. That, that is the call of baptism. So for those of you who've been baptized, I hope you hear your baptism today, are reminded of what what God has done in and through you. And for those of you who haven't been baptized, And you're ready to take that step? Take it. Come find us. Let us know, I want to be baptized. And we'll get you on the calendar for the next baptism. And and we want to move forward in taking that step. Again, this, this does not save you. Christ does. But by coming into this water, you are proclaiming, telling everyone, yes, this is true of me. And you have that reminder for the rest of your life. Baptism. We relive gospel story. Join me in a word of prayer. God, thank you for this reminder. Thank you that we get the reminder that you have saved us, that we put to death our old self, and we are made new in you. God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news that you bring. God, I pray that each and every one of us would look at the water and be reminded Here's how you, Lord, have done a good work. And we can take hold of that. Spur us on to live out our baptism, to retell the gospel story in the way that we carry ourselves. And go with us as we do that, Lord. Thank you, Father, for who you are and for what you do. It's in your name. Amen. Quick reminder, church family, Fall Fest is coming up this weekend. So we'd love to have you join us for that. Invite your friends, invite your neighbors and coworkers, invite your family. love to have you do that. Would you now stand and receive this good news benediction from the Lord? In Christ, we are put to death. In Christ, we are raised to new life. And he walks with us and goes with us in all that life may bring. So go with him in peace. And then the love that he offers you. Amen. Have a great week. Are you
1: in search for the light? No longer into darkness seek. Come to the Father's feet. He'll take the plight and make them see.